0: Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. We all seem to have that inner critic inside our heads. I have a committee, the itty-bitty, shitty committee. You know what I mean, that nagging voice, or voices in my case, that knocks us down and drags us down the road of self-sabotage and self-neglect. A strong positive sense of self-esteem is your first step to anything you wish to accomplish. Discover who you truly are that gorgeous, talented, fabulous woman who deserves recognition and unconditional love. You know the most beautiful thing any woman can wear is confidence. Here on Confidence in Bloom with the Divas That Care Network, I, Tina Spolatini, speak with women in their own self-confidence about who they truly are, how they found themselves, and how they care for themselves. Today I'm speaking with Leslie Godet. Leslie is a motivational speaker, international best-selling author, a self-care coach for female coaches and course creators. She helps her clients prioritize self-care so they can wake up with more energy, focus, and intention to tackle their daily activities and serve their clients with confidence. Using proven coaching strategies and personalized support, she helps her clients reduce stress and burnout increase their sense of fulfillment and purpose, and cultivate a sustainable self-care practice that supports their professional and personal growth. She believes that making self-care a priority will give you the confidence to dream big and bring your dreams to reality because you will be in alignment with your purpose and the life you want to lead, while using your time to your advantage so that you are in flow and creating a designing, a life you love living.
1: Welcome, Leslie. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. And how are you today? I'm doing well. Um, I'm here in sunny Florida, central Florida, and it's beautiful outside and just loving life. How are you? I'm good. I'm great. Thank
0: you. Uh, Yeah, I'm in Alberta, so we are fighting fires right now. So it's beautiful outside. It's nice and warm, but we are covered in smoke. And it smells like a campfire when you open the windows and the doors. So not sure. the greatest day to be yeah. outside today. That is for sure. And I'm praying for all yeah. those fires to be taken control of and be put out with no more damage. So tell me, Leslie, what exactly is your um, your career? Like, what, like you're
1: a self-care coach. Tell me exactly what that is. Yeah, absolutely. So <clears throat> self-care. The reason why I... Really, uh, I'm so passionate about self-care is because I know that when we take care of ourselves really well, we show up as the best version of ourselves, not just for us, because that's important, but also for everything and everyone around us. And as a self-care coach, what I do is I help, you know, my clients, like, really look at their self-care practices, including, you know, and self-care can be a whole bunch of different things, but we don't recognize them as self-care, simple little things like, Take, making time to go for a walk taking your dog for a walk that's a self-care moment because you're just actually getting out outside and enjoying the enjoying your time um, and just relaxing your mind um, but self-care yeah I mean there's this, the reason why i i love it so much in and that it became so important to me was when I was facing burnout um i've been I've been in law and i'll, I'll just you know, give you a little bit of background, I've been in law for 40, over just over 40 years, and I still support a team of lawyers and paralegals, but I do it on my own time now, Uh, but before, it was my life revolved around my job, and I was working all the time, and I didn't have time for, to to even take care of me, I didn't have time really to nurture my marriage, uh, my friends, my family, none of that, everything revolved around my job, and so what I found myself doing was I was always working, pushing through, not taking breaks, and I faced burnout multiple times. And the final straw came when I recognized that I may not be here if I keep going at the pace that I am because I felt that pushing and pushing uh, wasn't doing me any favors, you know, as far as, like, uh, making sure that I get my job done well. All it was doing was just keeping me uh, in this high stress level, and uh, I couldn't get out of it. And I felt like my brain was cluttered with so much, I couldn't think, and I knew that if I didn't do something radical to change my life, that I might not be here tomorrow to talk about it. And so that's one of the reasons, probably the primary reason why self-care became such a passion of mine and why I truly believe that, you know, when we prioritize ourselves first, that we show up the best of ourselves and everything that we do in our life will, will follow.
0: Yeah, I do agree. You know, what's really sad about that is I hear so many women say that it's burnout that, you know, shifted the mindset of I have to look after myself. Why is it that we, and I, I think, I mean, I believe men have burnout as well. I don't think that they are not, that they're stress-free. But why is it that women have to get to that, you know, degree that where they're burned out before they start to realize that, wow, I'm I'm not living my life the best way I can? What's your opinion on that? Or maybe you know, like maybe there's statistics. Yeah. I'm not sure.
1: So... I think really, for women, because we wear a lot of hats, you know a lot of women are wear hats um such as mom, you know, their wife, their maybe caregiver to their aging parents, uh they could be um you know they could be the CEO of their own company, or they could be uh in a, a high level role at a company that they work for. And I think what happens is because women wear so many different hats and they have so much going on in their lives, that we tend to put ourselves last on the totem pole. Like everything else and everyone else comes first, no matter what. And I think we talk that big game where we're like, okay, yes, I'm going to make time for me today. But you... but. That in a perfect world, if we could design our days in a perfect world, everything would fall, you know, one, two, three, four, and five. And that would, like, all in order. Everything would work out in order. But life doesn't work that way. Things happen. And I think what happens with women is that we then feel like, okay, I'm going to have to push this to tomorrow. And not even think about, well, maybe if I said no to some things, so that I can say yes and maybe structure my time better that I couldn't put t- time for myself. And I think that's what I found with a lot of the women that I've, I've worked with and I've spoken with, is that they find they have so much going on with so many different people ne- needing their attention, so many different things needing their attention, that they tend to put their own needs last and sometimes not at all, and they'll push it and push it and push it until so, – one day, especially, well, burnout can show up or resentment because they start feeling taken advantage of because they're not getting their own needs met, and they're not really voicing their, you know, what they're looking for, the requests that they have. They're not um, asking for help. They're not delegating. They're not, they're not allowing themselves to have those personal boundaries around their own, uh, their own personal time and space, and they're allowing everything else. To dictate how they show up in their world. And so I think that's why a lot of women are facing burnout because they, they find that there's so much to do and they feel like there's so little time, yet we all have the same 24-hour period. It's just how do you use your 24 hours in a way that is structured in a way that helps you to get done what needs to get done, be okay with do- what doesn't get done, And extend yourself grace on those days when, you know, things go off off track, you know. And I think that's part of the reason why a lot of women are faced with burnout.
0: I think I I agree with that. Um, So just, like, how do you create, like, how do you allow, well, I guess you're not allowing, but how do you convince some of these women that work, I mean, you know, especially like, you know, entrepreneur women, How do you convince them that they need to take time out for themselves? Because they're so used to, you know, tending to the family, tending to their husband, you know, looking after the house, running their business, plus all the outside stuff from that. You know, a lot of women are people pleasers. How do you make them understand and believe that they need to put boundaries in place to put a stop to that?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of it comes down to looking at a little bit of the mindset work that I do with them because a lot of that comes down to, number one, feeling like self-care is selfish. Uh, If I take time for me above my family, uh, if I do that before anything else, because I believe that self-care should start with you, like the very first thing, uh, the very first start of your day, start with you so that you set yourself up for success. But a lot of women that I've I've talked with and a lot of women that I've worked with even now, it's hard for them to be able to adapt to just putting themselves first because they're, they're, first of all, think it's selfish. And so it's doing that mindset work. Where is that coming from? Because a lot of that comes from, like, the you know, some of the things that we believe around self-care, like at being selfish, that you should be putting everyone's needs above your own because that's what you're raised to do. You know, women are raised to be their nurturers and caregivers. Men are raised to be, you know, they, they go out and they provide for the family. They support the family. Uh, most of the time it's usually thought of that men would support the family financially. You know, now it's usually a two- a two-income household, or sometimes you know, it could be a single mom or a single dad. But either way, that whole there was that whole belief system around men were the 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 ones who would provide uh, shelter, they provide the financial uh, security, and women would do the nurturing and the caregiving. And I think because of that, that means that we're putting everyone else's needs first. Uh, it's just being able to look at that. Okay what did you learn and how can you reframe it? Because it's learning to understand that you're not being selfish, but actually you're doing not only yourself a, a favor and, and you benefit from putting yourself first and doing all the things to make yourself whole, to make yourself a better human. But when you, when you show up that, that way, you know, you have taken care of you, you showcase the best version of you, everyone in your life is going to benefit, benefit from that because of your great energy And everything that you do is going to benefit from that because you've taken care of you. There's no resentment. There's no, um, you're not feeling like, okay, everyone and everything is taking away my time and I have none for me. And so it's just coming back and reframing how they think about it by deciding, okay, this is how I used to think and this is how I want to. So how do I bridge the gap there? How do I start reframing my thought patterns so that they become more in alignment with, okay, take care of me and then I am I can show up, you know, the best that I want to so that I can take care of everyone else and everything else that's in, you know, on my plate. Right, right, exactly. Okay, so tell me then. Um that's that's
0: a huge change for some of these women, right? But they're all at a mm-hmm. point where they're they're like, I'm done. I can't live my life this way anymore. Tell me where to start. What is the first thing you tell them? Now, you have said um, to start the day with you, to set yourself up with success. Oh, my gosh, I can't speak. With Set yourself up for success. So tell me, what what is the first thing that you tell your client to do?
1: So it's not about really telling them what to do. It's helping them find what fits into their lifestyle. Because, now, I'm not a mom. So I don't my time when I wake up in the morning is mine I choose I get to decide how and what i'm going to like what I'm going to do how my morning's going to look how I start my days but with someone who has a family if you have young children or even if you have children that are in you know grade school high school um, it's going to look different because you have different responsibilities first thing in your day how do you find what can you start your day with that can at least get you feeling like you've had one successful start to your day? Meaning, is it taking a, a moment to go and sit in a comfortable place, quietly drinking your coffee and just enjoying, you know, the silence, enjoying just being? Or is it having uh, starting your day with meditation? Is it starting your day with uh, maybe journaling, how how you feel, how your day is. You know, it's what works for you. And there's no one-size-fits-all self-care program because I believe that, there's like I said, some people have more time in the day and they start with seven things. Some people just do not have that time. So what I suggest and how I work with them, with my clients, is help them to create a self-care throughout their day. So that it supports them throughout their entire day, making sure that they're consciously aware of taking care of themselves throughout the day, and it's not just like a one a one thing that they do in the morning, and then the rest of the day is dedicated to everything else but themselves, because they need right. to still take care of themselves throughout their day, right? Right. I totally
0: agree, and that's one thing that I've always wondered. Because I know some coaches say, do your self-care in the morning. You start your day, you know, sort of rested and with that mindset. And the rest of the day will go smooth, more smooth. But I know for myself, I can do that. I can take that, you know, 45 minutes in the morning to do, like, the hard stuff. The stuff that I really don't want to do. But then I have to find time in the afternoon for some more me time. Something that's more subtle, but... You know, like even if it's just going to sit on my desk with a glass of water, you know, I just need to go sit and be quiet. And I often tell clients that, the, the, the you know, the same way. Take some time out for yourself in the day, just to sort of unwind from what's been going on, right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh.
1: And one of the things, too, that I also think is really important when you're taking a break is not going from, for example, if you spend a lot of time in front of your computer, and you're working is not like switching from work uh the work screen to social media screen. Uh because you're not really giving yourself that break. You need to be able to allow your brain to rest. You need to be allowed allow your nervous system to come and regulate so that you can come back with more energy and more focus. You just need to take a break away from everything. And I think that can be really hard because I know some people they have their phone attached to their hip. And I understand that if you it, if it use it for business, but it's still better for you to take, even if it's five minutes of your time, to just turn away from everything and just allow yourself to reset. You do yourself more of a favor doing that than to go from one screen to another or going from working on one screen and grabbing your phone and answering text messages and emails and all of those types of things. So I really feel like the sprinkling of self-care works well because you're consciously aware, taking your mental breaks throughout your day, you know, and and then being able to do other little things, like you said. Go and have a break and have some water. Hydration is so important. You need to hydrate your body. You need to be able to also eat for energy uh, so that you are showing up, especially when you have those really, you know, heavy deadlines that you're working on. You want to make sure that you're taking care of you so that you show up the best that you can and be able to tackle those activities.
0: Absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah, I love I love how you put that. So now I'm just wondering, when, when
1: you have a client who, like how long do you work with a client in general, like, you know, average? It really depends. So I have like a couple of different ways so i have one particular program which i call it's called the mindset mastery program and it's all around learning about yourself your limiting beliefs uh being able to like look at who you were and bring it you know who you want to be and like look at that gap in between and find out like looking at your life story because i think a lot of the time as we get older we forget about certain things but they're influencing us and so i have that program it's it's a three months, uh, depending. Sometimes it can be two months, sometimes it's three months. Uh, but uh, typically, I'm working with someone about six months at a time, uh, and I take them through the entire process through the mindset part of it, uh, emotional awareness, uh, and then I take them into the self, the self care, the well being and wellness through um, looking after themselves physically, emotionally. Um, and spiritually, as well as like helping them setting, you know, personal boundaries and, and making sure that they are looking out for their, their, you know, their goals and, and, and being able to use their time well. I think that these are all self care, but we don't look at it that way. We look at it as like, oh, these are things I have to do. I need to learn how to use my time well. But when you do learn how to use your time well, you're looking at your calendar, and you're saying, "Okay, what fits in today?" Looking at each day, what am I doing today? And then being able to like look at the gaps, the sorry, the spaces, I should say, in your time, and filling those with self-care activities such as going for a walk, maybe taking your dog for a walk. Maybe it's also making sure that you spend quality time with your family, uh, and not. In front of the television, but actually talking to each other, you know, creating those deeper bonds with each other. You know, television is fine, but if you're then you're all you're doing is you're just spending you're spending time together in the same space, but you're not connecting. And so I always like bring that next piece, which is the wellness piece, which is taking care of their, as I said, body, mind, and soul, and then also making sure that they have that community and connection. Uh, with not only their family but with their friends. And also, as women, having that core uh, group of women in our lives that we can turn to without judgment, criticism, but just, you know, if we need to lean on them, uh, if we need their support, and vice versa, we do that for them. So it's usually a six-month period that I work with them. But what I'm doing right now is I'm trying to break it up a little bit so that it's not, you know, going – heavy for like six months but breaking it up into like the mindset piece and then you know if that's where you need to start and then if you don't then I still bring a little bit of the mindset work into the self-care part of it Uh, but it's really more about setting yourself up that foundation of taking care of you the best you can and being consciously aware of it so that it becomes a habit just like any other habit you know uh, for me As an example, I start my day with meditation. It took a while, but now it's a habit. I don't even think about it. It's the first thing I turn to. So that's just learning, teaching how to do that and and creating that, um, the accountability to themselves to do it, but also creating those habits that support them. So professionally they're growing and personally they're growing. I love that. So you said that you start with meditation.
0: Do you have like a room that's separate from your bedroom? Um, Or do you just, like, sit up in your bed and meditate on your bed?
1: Um, So right now I'm actually in the midst of moving, but I do, I just sit up and I I just take my time and just sit before I do anything else. And I do a morning prayer and meditation. So it's guided. um, And it's one I found. uh, I was looking for something. I wanted to be able to incorporate prayer and meditation at the same time just to start my day. And I found a really nice one, um, just went online and looked for it, and, and I found it. It was a Christian mor- morning prayer and meditation. And I thought, this is great. It's five minutes, and it just it gets me focused uh, on my breathing, gets me um, focused on the present, and then focused on, because I'm, I'm very spiritual, you know, I believe in God, and I believe that every gift that I have and everything that I do in my life has come from him, and so I want to start my day by acknowledging by acknowledging that. And so that's how I start my day. Um, but there has, has been other moments too, but before I even get up and do that, I will ask myself, what do I need to do today? What do I need to learn today? What do I need to know today in order to like meet whatever goal I'm going after or, to, or who can I serve today? Because I really truly believe that I, I want to always come from a service-based mindset to help you know, looking at how can I help other people, how how can I help other women, because I want them to have a really good quality of life, but with their families as well, and not just all based around work, and and have both professionally and personally them to be successful. Yeah,
0: that's great. Me too. I think family is number one. And, I mean, when it comes to self-care and habit change and anything that we're doing to create a happy life, we need support. We need a community, right? And that's that's something mm-hmm. like I mean, your family is should be your first, you know, set support group, right? You you should be able to go mm-hmm. to your family and say, you know, I need some help. I need you to listen to me, or I need you to, you know, watch my kids while I, you know, go for a run or whatever it is. Um, so I, I do agree. We need like our family is number one. I would do anything and everything for my kids. Sometimes they don't believe it, right? And I've told them I will do anything and everything, but I will not lie. <laughs> right? I mean I mean there there is a limit to that. But I agree. I think that, you know, our families should come first. And I feel like in the most of the world it doesn't feel like that is reality for a lot of people. I won't say most people, but it doesn't seem to be the reality anymore. I, I don't know if you view that differently. I feel like everyone is just out for themselves. They don't care for each other as much as they used to.
1: I, I agree with you a little bit because I find, like now, especially where we have such a virtual world that we live in, um, you know, due to social media, due to, due to the Internet, and we spend a lot of time. I mean, I'm, when I was young, I remember as a child, you know, the, we would get up, we'd have breakfast, you know, and we would, uh, during the weekend, as an example, we would be outside playing, and we wouldn't come home until lunchtime, and then we'd be back outside playing, and we wouldn't come home until supper time. And so nowadays, a lot of children, they are in front of their computer screens playing games, and there seems to be a disconnect. You know, they're, they're less about getting out and socializing and more about what, how can I get in front of a screen to play the latest video game? And I also find that it, because it's so busy and because we live in such a different world today where, you know, it's a two-income household, uh, there's a lot more stress, uh, and then kids are doing a lot more, and just finding parents kind of juggle and find the time to be able to have just quality time as a family and then quality time, you know, with the kids doing their after-school activities, um, finding time for the, whether or not they are, if they are a single family home, you know, just finding that, that time to be able to have time alone to nurture their them, their own relationship with themselves, um, I think it's really hard. And I think when it comes to our blood relatives, I'm finding that, as an example of my own, as we get older, it seems that people are becoming more cynical about life and they are less, I don't know, I can't, I can't really put my finger on it, but I know that for me, my own, my own family, a lot of the people that I turn to to be my support system are people who I've incorporated into my family, so they're not blood relatives. So I don't believe that you have to be born into a family to call them family, but it's having those people in your life that truly mean a lot to you, that really support you, that, that they have your back, uh, they're not judging or criticizing you, but they really truly support you and encourage you to and uplift you to do the things that you want to do in life and vice versa that you do for them. And so family, to me, doesn't have to be that you're born into it, but I'm thinking from my own personal experience what I've noticed is in my own blood-relative blood, uh, blood relative family that we're not as close as we used to be and i think it's just a lot of this, the way the world is that people have become less, i don't I, it's really hard to explain it but i've just noticed that they're not people are not as close and yet i'm also seeing the opposite to that where i'm seeing a lot of families that are younger generation families that have these incredible communities of you know both sides of the family uh the husband's family, the wife's family, everyone comes together, they do family barbecues they do fa- family um you know christmases and thanksgivings and birthdays events all of those things and they they've really learned to start bringing that beautiful what I like to to say is a beautiful like gratitude energy around that like connection and community and that's through family. And so I think it's, I think it's the younger generation and I'm starting to see bringing that back. Whereas my generation, um, and I just to be, to, to clarify, I'm 60 years old. I just turned that in February. So for me, I've noticed my generation has broken away from that and yet the younger generation is coming back to that and which has been really great so that just been my experience um, I'm not sure what your experience has been around it but that's what that's what's been my experience
0: yeah yeah no I have to agree my experience I grew up so I'm Italian so I grew up very close with all my cousins and now I mean sure we have our own lives we have our own families and some of them are you know some of our families are like they're doing their own thing they're not like, our kids are not as close as we were, but, you know, we do things to try to keep them close, from what I see. But I do agree with you. Like, I'm noticing that people that I grew up with, they didn't grow up as close with their families, right? I mean, other than my family, but the friends I had at school, their families weren't that close, but I find their kids are, right? Right? At least, not all of them, but some of them. They're talking about hanging out with their cousin and they're, you know, and I mean, I grew up like that. So when I hear that, I love it because I remember that, right? I mean, my cousins were like my brothers and sisters. So, yeah, I love that, you know, people are coming back to that. And, I'm, and I think, too, like the last three or four years with COVID and all the other stuff that's been going on in the world, I think we were like either forced to stay alone or... You know, our our um. What's that word that I'm looking for? The people that we were like allowed to hang out with were our families, right? Mm-hmm. Because we followed the same rules. Right. So I think that had a has a lot to do with, you know, these families being close again.
1: Yeah, I love that, and you're right. You know, with the last, especially with COVID, um, that was really. You know, one thing that I don't think, you know, I mean, obviously none of us knew this was happening, but it was going to happen. But I think I was working from home at the time anyways. And so when I was told, but when I was told to stay home, that was when I was like, wait a second, I don't want to be told that I can't go out. But for those people who were going out and then being told that they couldn't go out, they had to stay home, I think that was really hard. And then you get used to it. And you become used to being isolated from other people. And it's learning now to get back out there and and create community again outside of your family. I think it's great that a lot of families, they like you were saying, they were in their bubble. With, I think that's what they were calling it, you know, your family bubble or the bubble of people in your life that you were able to um, be around during, you know, as COVID was, you know, being, you know, more regulated you know, with the, with the vaccinations and all of that. I think what I've found is um, as I've gone, gone out and into the world again, it took a little bit getting used to. I was used to going out again, but I think the hard part was figuring out how do I get into those situations where I'm around a lot of people and feel like great about being around a lot of people not just going out wearing the mask and being around people but actually going and being in the community with people and, and really spending time and so I think that could play a part as well but yeah I think it's it's great that now the younger generation is starting to bring it back um, because I think they started to realize that it's important like how important family is and again like I I will always say this: that family isn't always someone that you're born into. It could be your very best friend uh, for forty years, and they're family to you. Um, and right. these are the this is the person that you lean on. So that's how I look at that's how I look yeah, at family because I've been moving around. You know, I've been moving around. I, I think I shared this with you. I've been moving around since. COVID began, my husband and I had been like kind of living in Canada a little bit, living in the US a little bit, we lived in Mexico for a little while, and then we, we decided that this uh this year to stay in Florida for a little bit. So yeah. So that was interesting for me to try to get used to getting not just getting out there and moving around, but actually getting out there and being in big, large groups of people and spending time with large groups of people. That was that yeah. was
0: a little bit getting used to it again. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I'm still struggling with that. I used to love going to the mall. Like, I would just go to the mall, spend a few hours just to walk around, just to be around people. And after COVID, I'm struggling with that. Like, I'm, I can't go to the mall just to hang around. I need to have a purpose, and that's not like me. I'm struggling with that. And I went to a hockey game. Um, just, you know, like when the Edmonton Oilers were playing here in Edmonton and they lost the series, there were so many people. And I said to my husband, I don't know if I can do this, right? Like, it, I just felt, like, almost claustrophobic. I'm like, there's just so many people around me. And I'm and he's like, you are a people person. You need per- people to get energized. What's wrong with you? And I realized that mm-hmm. it's because I'm not used to it anymore.
1: Yeah. You got used to the it was, opposite.
0: Yeah. Like, it's right? just so, so strange for me. So I'm trying to push myself yeah. no, a little I, bit more, you know? Yeah.
1: No, I can agree. I can relate to you as well because I got so used to, like I said, I worked from home and then I found myself sort of getting used to not going out. And I had to actually start a self-care habit of my own, which I do. I, I walk every day. Um, I love getting out and walking, but it—I it almost was I had to at first force myself to do it because I was just so used to being inside, and and it's not it's not healthy to just stay in. But it's also making sure that if that's you know if anyone's listening and this is where they find themselves today, like don't beat yourself up for it because it's real to you. It's how you feel and. It can, you can change it, but it, it takes one step at a time, obviously. Um, you want something, you decide to do it, and then you just try it, and you keep doing it until it becomes habit, like for me. Getting out and walking every day, I had to just make myself do it. I had to put an alarm on my phone, time to go for a walk, and then it, until it became habit, and now it's, it's something that I truly enjoy. So that's when I say self-care, it's like self-care really comes in all different forms for everybody, and you don't have to feel like, oh, I'm not doing it right if I don't follow this person's plan for me for self-care. Now, it's what you do for you is right for you. Uh, I will always advocate for that.
0: I love that. What you do for you is what's right for you. I have one last question. Do you celebrate yourself, and how do you do that?
1: Absolutely. So the way I I celebrate myself is, you know, I'm a movie person. I love to watch all different types of movies. And uh, so what I will do is once I've finished something, I know it's really simple, but if I've created something that uh, a goal, I set a goal, and I – I met the goal, or if I set a goal and I have one step or two steps or three steps completed, I make sure I celebrate. Pretty much like every single day, I'm celebrating my day. But what I do is, I'll just say, "Okay, I've done this today. I feel really good about what I did. I may not have finished everything that was on my on my to do list, but now is the time to go and enjoy doing something that I love, which is either watching something that I like on uh, Netflix or uh, watching a movie because I love different movies. And so that's kind of like for me what I will do. But so when it comes to like the bigger things, there will be times where I might go and say, okay, I'm going to go get my hair done or I'm going to get a mani-pedi. I'm thinking about now like recently my husband and I have been talking about incorporating getting my three massages in our routine just something that I have haven't done in a while, but also that's going to take some getting used to because I haven't had anyone give me a massage for years, a few years since COVID, right? Because you know most people don't haven't done that because that means someone's touching your body, and so uh that's going to be something interesting interesting for me to do. But yeah, that's how I celebrate me. I but I celebrate every day. I find. At the end of my day, I have a gratitude journal, and I just find five different things daily that I'm grateful for, and I celebrate everything like today I'm going to be writing in my journal how i was I met with you on this amazing podcast that you have, and that we got to have this this chat together. um That's a celebration for me because it's something I was looking forward to, and I'm really happy to be on the show with you.
0: I love that, thank you so much. I Okay, so I'm going to be honest. I'm a little bit high maintenance. I get my hair done no matter what. I do my, my fingers. I get my nails done every three weeks, and I go for a massage every three weeks. To me, that is, like, it's important, right? Now, you know, some people say, well, that's a celebration, and maybe perhaps it is. You know, maybe it's me celebrating myself. I've never really put any thought into that, but I I go, I'm a little bit spoiled, too, because I can. I have the time, and so I I take the time, right? I go for a massage often, and I tell people all the time, go and do it. Get a massage. You know, it doesn't have to be once a week or once every two weeks, but do it regularly. Your body will love you for it.
1: Yeah, and I love that you do that. That's, it's not... It's, it might partly be celebrating, but you should celebrate yourself. You should honor yourself. That's self-care. Self-care, like I said, is all different forms. And everything. there's a lot of things that we do every single day that's self-care. Some people love to cook. And for them, prepping meals for other people is so soothing and, uh, you know, it makes them feel really good. That's a form of self-care. Other people like to... Uh, I know some people like to do things like walking someone else's dog. They're a dog walker, but that's just something that they enjoy to do. They love being around animals, and so that's a form of self care for them. But because we look at it in a different way, we're not looking at it that this is making us feel good. We're forgetting that that the feel good is part of self care. So, that is so true. yeah, I think yeah, that I is found so true. yeah I. I yeah, I find self-care in everything. It's just, it's everything in your life, you can find it if you just look for it. It's there. Yeah. I promise you. Yeah, I agree
0: 100%. Thank you so much for joining me today, Leslie. I know that I could pour myself another coffee and sit here for another two hours and chat with you, but I can't do that. Um, but thank you, thank you so much for joining me. And maybe we will have you on again in, you know, maybe at closer to Christmas when we need to talk about self-care during the holidays.
1: That would be great. I would love to come back. It's been a pleasure also being on today.
0: Excellent. Thank you so much, Leslie. Confidence in Bloom is a celebration of self-love, a confirmation that you are an amazing, desirable, brilliant, gorgeous, talented woman, even though you may not look like a screen star or a supermodel. The truth is they don't even look like that. We offer unconditional love to our partners, our children, our extended family, even our pets. It's high time we got out of our own way and learned to unconditionally love ourselves. Chic definitely does come in every shape. So if you want something to believe in, start with yourself. If you'd like to be a guest here on Confidence in Bloom and chat with me, contact me through Instagram at styling or by email at Tina at InfoBloomStyling.com or through the Divas that Care website.